2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGM Radio, episode number 237. I'm Jimmy Kemski from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. Uh, here on episode 237, Brandon and I are going to go through all of the Eagles' free agents, uh, unrestricted and restricted, and we'll quickly go through whether we think those guys will stay Uh, with the team in 2022, or if they'll be elsewhere uh, on another team uh, in 2022. And then we're going to have our own little draft. Uh, We'll draft who we think the Eagles are going to sign in free agency this year. Uh, So Brandon has the list of Eagles free agents, but before he takes control of that portion of the podcast, I know that I want to hear about Meat Snacks.
1: Specifically, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky Meat Snacks, Jimmy, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BDN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy, it's a big podcast today. We are looking in to our crystal ball that we have here. Um, Again, not yet a visual medium we're working on that or i should be working on that uh so if you want to see us here but there's an actual crystal ball in front of us that we're looking into We're rubbing it We're kind of like peering into it there um and so the discussion today on the pod is like predictive right jimmy it's not necessarily mm-hmm. about like what we think the eagles should do it's almost totally predictive yeah yeah as much as what they kind of will do based on what we think we know about them and i will say before we started off i did beat you last year in our oh, eagles. Was eric wilson yeah it was eric wilson so was that the only one we got right uh i think it may have been so um <laughs> i did beat you last year so i'm the reigning champ but as you said before we get into that we're going to go through the eagles free agents of their own and determine whether they stay or go i think that might be uh Part of the reason I wanted to do that is because that might give us more of an idea of what we think about who's more likely they sign in free agency. Okay. Start us off. All right. So I'm going to go based on the list from our friends at OverTheCap.com here and how they have it uh, ordered, or at least I have it ordered through them uh, by free agency type. And that starts with Ryan Kerrigan, Jimmy. (laughs) Gone. Bye. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did not
2: he only actually appeared in the stat sheet? Like, actually appeared, like had a stat. I mean, in I think like only two or three games this year during the regular season. And then, of course, uh, he took advantage of a uh, a one legged uh, right tackle against the Panthers. Uh, oh, excuse me, not the Panthers, the Buccaneers in the wild card round game. But I think it's a pretty easy decision. It's a one year band aid. Uh, Howie Rosen signing that. Uh, I thought it actually made sense when they made it initially,
1: but um, he's one and done in Philly, clearly. He's cooked. Uh, He's entering, I believe, or he is 834. So, yeah, I don't think we need to see more Ryan Kerrigan. It would be pretty insane to just re-sign him based on, like, one good playoff game he had against an injured player. Really an insane kind of season though, when you think about that. Just how invisible he was and then was like showing up in the playoffs. I know it was an injured player, but still, like it was like this is bizarre. Um but yeah, And It's not like he didn't play like
2: in a lot of these games or played like a limited number of snaps. Like he was a pretty he was a regular uh like rotational defensive end for them this
1: year. Well, top three guy, right? Especially with yeah. Brandon Graham going down. Um so yes. Uh staying at defensive end, Jimmy, Derek Barnett is going to be a free Bye. agent. <laughs> I agree. I think he will be gone. It's always him. It's always him. I just don't think – there's some moves I just think teams can't make because they know how the fans are going to react. And not to say that's the only reason they wouldn't re-sign Derek Barnett, but I think that's one you can't sell. You know, I think like you have to be able to sell moves to some extent, and I just don't think yeah. you can sell bringing Derek Barnett back. I mean, he wasn't good also in addition to being penalized and everything. I mean, I think he is an NFL – uh starting defensive end like that caliber he can be that kind of caliber player for a team i don't think he's a total bum and he can't play at all which i think is maybe how some people view him but for what Mm -hmm. you're going to have to pay him it's just not worth it at all so it's an easy decision to me to let him walk
2: and then beyond that like when they signed him not signed him but when they exercised his fifth year option it's like last offseason he was going to count for over 10 million on the cap and i thought there was like the the likelihood of him staying on the cap at 10 million was the least likely scenario I thought the two scenarios that were more likely were that they'd get a contract extension done with him which would lower his cap number or uh, they would uh just you know Release him and, and not have, not be beholden to that $10 million number. As it turned out, they restructured him. And <laughs> like, he's gonna, he's gonna count for a lot of money, like over $7 million, I believe, toward the 2022, uh, Eagles salary cap. But yeah, they gotta move on from him. Uh, it's time. And I, I and the, the idea, the fact that they didn't get an extension done with him last offseason is telling that, uh, Derek Barnett's camp thinks he's worth something, uh, and the Eagles think that he's worth something else. And the Eagles were committed to getting contract extensions done, as we saw uh, during the season. They got Mylata done. They got Goddard done. Josh Sweat, Avante Maddox, uh, Derek Barnett, you know, was was another reasonable player that they could have gotten done, uh, but it didn't happen. So I think he's on his way out.
1: And I think Derek Burnett's camp is correct to think that they can get some money out there yeah. for agency. He will be one of <laughs> the youngest defensive ends, if not like the youngest, uh, in terms of a starting player, caliber player on yep. the market. So I do think there will be a market for him, as we've talked about before, and he'll sign a deal, and Eagles' hands will be like, laughing at that team whoever yep. signs him and again i don't think he's going to be a terrible player i just don't think he's going to live up to kind of the deal he signed so uh he's fine like if, if you could bring Derek barnett back at like you know two million sure but yeah that, that's not going to happen that's not going to happen um so moving on kind of sticking with uh pass rushers okay. of, of some sort uh, janard avery Jimmy. <laughs> yeah he's got to go clearly
2: um he's got to go but think- will he go yeah, I think he's got to go and he will go. He gave them nothing this year. He won sack. Uh, he's not good in coverage. He's not good against the run. And if he's going to make up for those deficiencies, it's got to be by creating pressure you know, on the quarterback. And he just didn't do that either. So <laughs> I think that Sam linebacker position is going to be one that... They have to address, and we'll get to that, obviously, uh, when we get to our free agency draft. I think, anyway, I have a couple of those guys on my list. I don't know if you do as well, but uh, that, that's a position that I think that uh, Jonathan Gannon sort of, um, I don't want to say did away with, because Avery did still get snaps as the season went along, but not many, um, and rightfully so, because he just was uh, just a body out there. So, you know, he's he's a guy that I think... Uh, Can be easily upgraded on in terms of coverage, in terms of playing the run, and in terms of getting after the quarterback. Like, it's a a very easy position to upgrade, in my opinion, this offseason.
1: I have famously never been a Zenard Avery guy. Um, (laughs) Basically been criticizing the trade uh, since it was ever made. Still don't kind of understand it. I can't believe I'm finding myself saying this. I think you might be being a little too harsh on him last year. Really? Um, Maybe it's just because I am colored from watching uh, our great uh, Johnny Page, all 22 breakdowns. And he would highlight some plays each week where he was never, I don't think Johnny is like a Gennard Avery stander by any means, but like, he would just find himself being impressed by it with a couple of things okay. he would do per game. And at the same time, he would acknowledge, like, I don't really know what this guy's role is as a long-term player, but he, like, he yeah. can do some interesting things sometimes. And I think my thinking here is kind of taking what you've said about Howie Roseman's in- interest in his guys in terms of like J.J. I think a mm-hmm. white side staying around and why you think Jalen Rager is going to be around. And I think Jernard Avery is going to be pretty cheap to bring back. Um, so maybe you, you might be able to even bring him back on a deal that doesn't necessarily guarantee he makes the team uh, this season. So I think there's a better chance of him coming back than you do. Really? I'm not okay. going to say it's hundred percent. Oh, but I- oh.
2: Then than I do, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Do you think it's more likely he's back? Than, I'm going to say not? stay
1: for him. Um, but I really I don't, I don't think okay. it's a lock. But I think I I will say uh, stay to to differ. Okay. Um, this next one's really quick. Jason Kroom, gone. Um, I mean if they bring <laughs> yeah
2: he him. he he only stuck on the roster because he got he yeah. But he tear an ACL. He, he did.
1: Down. It was like in the first preseason game. Okay. Uh, bummer for him. Um, yep. I mean if they bring him back on a minimum deal, whatever. But otherwise, gone. Uh, Jordan Howard, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, I think that's another area that they can uh, upgrade on. Uh, there's specifically in the draft, like I think there's a lot of bigger backs uh, that are going to be available in the 2022 draft, particularly on day three. And uh, I think that's sort of the sweet spot on where the Eagles can find uh, some more youth uh, at running back. And Howard served his purpose uh, in 2022, especially after Miles Sanders went down. He had that four game stretch where the eagles really started running the ball uh that's that's when they but like he was their back when they became when they first became that you know really like run heavy uh offense after uh Sanders got hurt in the uh, raiders game and uh he played well for like a four game stretch but uh like he did uh in in the past with the eagles he has just sort of not been able to stay healthy and what could a more explosive big back do in this offense That Jordan Howard can't do like Howard didn't leave meat on the bone on his on his carries but he also didn't really make a lot of guys miss or like you know make any kind of big play so I'd like to see a younger more more, more explosive you know get it and go kind of bigger back and see what you know that guy can do in this offense instead of Jordan Howard so I would say Howard I mean they could maybe bring him back Mm -hmm. at, at a veteran minimum deal to come back to camp or whatever but Ultimately, I, I think that they have to uh, make efforts to get younger and better at that spot.
1: And look for more upside. I would agree. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong, again, like what you said, like in theory with bringing Howard back in terms of on a minimum, like it's almost like why not? Because shown, he's shown he can do some good things, but... It's the opportunity cost. It's the term mm-hmm. I use a lot. It's like trying to find something even better and bring Howard back might kind of block uh the path for mm-hmm. that kind of player who could replace him or be better. I mean, he's only twenty seven, but like like people like to bring up how young he is. He's had like uh, it's one thousand. That's 000. not young.
2: That's not young for for a running back, though.
1: Correct, but it's it's also like age isn't the only number you should be looking at for a running back. I would also look at career touches, and he's had one thousand <laughs> yes. one hundred and fourteen, which is a lot. He um, piled up a lot with Chicago before yes. he got to the Eagles, and he's had multiple injury issues since twenty nineteen. So I just I don't think you can really. Uh you can bring him back again on the minimum but I don't think you should be looking to do that. You should be looking at other options. Mm-hmm. You should bring Jordan Howard back if like, you know, it's May and he didn't find a free agent or some running backs you liked in the draft, you know, you can bring him back later sure. on in the offseason. I mean, he you should be out there. I'm guessing <laughs> yes. if he's not, then you can live with that. Yeah. Um all right. So, moving on to hassan Ridgeway. Uh I guess I'll start with this one and I'll say I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on this. Um, (laughs) Like if it's really cheap, sure. But otherwise, no. To me, he's like the dick rod of the defense. Hmm. (laughs) Like he's the guy that
2: seems to come back each year uh, when you think he might not. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think you have three defensive tackles uh, in uh, Fletcher Cox, Jayvon Hargrave and Milton Williams, who are going to be here in 2022. I don't think they're going to move Fletcher Cox, uh, I think ultimately he'll be there. If he's, if Fletcher Cox is gone, then sure. You probably bring a guy like Hassan Ridgeway back, but uh, on the premise that those three guys will be back, I don't know. There's going to be room for the, on the roster for him. And I also think that that's sort of a, like a draft need for the Eagles, because if Fletcher Cox is back in 2022, I don't think he's going to be back in 2023. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you know keep loading up uh, on the defensive tackle pipeline. Like they like to do anyway. I mean, they, place a high priority on that position, as we've seen. So, uh, yeah, I I think that he's a guy, sort of like you said with Jordan Howard, where you're not going to bring him back now, but if July or August rolls around and you still need a defensive tackle, it's not like people are going to be lining up to sign that guy.
1: I agree with that. Uh, Here's one of the biggest ones, probably the biggest decision, maybe the most interesting decision the Eagles have to make, although you could make a case for another name that will be next. Uh, Rodney McLeod. Yeah, so I think uh of McLeod and um and uh, Anthony, Harris. Anthony Harris,
2: McLeod is the more likely player to be back. Uh, we as we just saw, he was named the Eagles um uh, Ed Block Courage Award winner. Uh he is widely regarded as one of the team leaders. Uh he, you know, I think he helped the transition from one coaching staff to the next this past off season. Player, the player the players, the coaches, all respect, they all like him. And, uh, if there's, you know, one of those two guys that they're going to bring back, then I think it'll be McLeod over Harrison. I actually do think they are going to bring, uh, McLeod back. Uh, I think you can get him back on a, on a one year deal, somewhere around like, you know, four million, maybe five million, something like that. But he's a guy that you can, you know, bring back and maybe put off the need to, um, Bring in two new safeties really, uh, to start, uh, on your defense. I think they have to bring back one of those guys and, uh, you know, to make the transition to a, you know, a younger, uh, safety tandem of the future. You can make that, that transition a little bit more
1: slowly than bang doing it all in one off season. Uh, so yeah, I do think Rodney will be back. Rodney McLeod also won the Alan Page Award, uh, which is like the NFL Players Association's highest Mm -hmm. honor that they hand out to players who do great work in the community. This was previously won by Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins, actually back to back in 2017 and 2018. Then the only two other winners of that award in Eagles franchise history, Jimmy, are Brian Dawkins and Troy Vincent. So some kind of some good company there for Rodney McLeod. Um, I, you know, he is a defensive captain. He is well respected by his teammates. All of that, I think maybe underrated storyline from like something that kind of like fell through the cracks of the 2021 season is how Rodney McLeod started to play a little bit better later in the year. Not like amazing, Mm -hmm. but he had some of his best games. And I think that was relevant for two reasons. One, he was like a year removed from that point from his second ACL tear. Yep, he had in 2020 and also the coaching staff cut his playing time down. Like he wasn't the old ronnie mcleod playing like 100 percent of the snaps every game they had more of a rotation at that position so i think yeah. you can kind of bring him back under that premise that he's not going to be this full-time player he's going to be like you know one of your top three safeties that you're rotating in there with two other guys hopefully you know bringing in you know younger free agent signing or you know picker two in the draft mm-hmm. um and i think he can kind of be part of a top three as opposed to you're like really relying on getting a whole season out of this guy yeah and i don't even know if it'll cost five million. Five million, maybe i'm uh, underestimating his value I think think he might be even a little bit cheaper than that um i definitely think there isn't going to be this amazing market for him considering there's a lot of safeties on the free agent market um i think there's uh, a lot of options for teams it's not like he's just one of the few and also i think you know you talk about players who might be willing to take some kind of discount to stay or yeah. I think he would to some extent, I think he likes Philly; his roots here. I don't think he's, you know, leaving for like an extra, you know, 1 million that another team mm. might offer him. So I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him back. So I guess we should probably do Anthony
2: Harris next then. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, So, uh, I think while I think that the the Eagles will probably bring one, one of those guys back, I also don't think they should bring both of them back. Correct. Like, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really bad move if they do that. And you have Marcus Epps, like who kind of became a a more, uh, important player, uh, last year. I thought he improved from 2020 to 2021 and, um, like my problem with him in 2020 was that he, he just couldn't tackle and, um. Like the ball skills were there. He could he could cover and and he could make plays on the football. Uh, but in 2021, he was much better as a tackler. So I saw him come along in that area. And if he has to start for you in 2022, just because you couldn't find uh, whatever safety you had in mind, either in free agency or the draft, uh, then that's not ideal, I don't think. But it's uh, it's not the worst thing. But uh, like you said, I think like a trio of safeties, McLeod, Epps, and either free agent or draft pick uh, makes a lot of sense. So I do think that uh, Harris will be on his way out.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of tough, I guess, to evaluate legal safeties to some extent in a defense where they're just playing a billion yards <laughs> yeah, off the football right. Uh, right. and are just basically being there to not uh, uh, allow the team, the other team, to make to take to even attempt <laughs> big plays down the field, <laughs> yes. basically. Um so that's kind of a weird part of all this but yeah I just don't think Harris did anything that was like amazing and you have to keep him and mm-hmm. he's 31 I just and I just don't think it really makes sense it was a one year kind of deal you you you're feeling it out and I don't think he was terrible but I also just don't think he was anything that you need to keep around and again kind of talking back on the jordan howard point of it all like you need to get younger and you need to you know open up some playing time for Mm -hmm. those guys and i just don't think you need another like what are you really learning about your secondary if you're running it back with both rodney mcleod and anthony harris again Uh, so i agree that he will be gone steve nelson jimmy is another big one uh i'll start with this i think i've said this before so allow me to repeat myself here i think a lot of not a lot of people. I think some have been like, you got to sign him. You got to re-sign Stephen Nelson. And I agree that would be ideal, but I think Steve Nelson, kind of like you were saying, with Derek Barnett has this high opinion of himself and was a big reason why he remained unsigned last year uh, until the Eagles eventually were able to get him basically on the Jeep right before training camp. And it's important to note that, uh, as you've noted, that Steve Nelson was cut last off season by the Steelers after Free agency had already started. So it's not like he really got a true chance to test the market from day one. And also, by the way, I think I saw Steve Nelson recently tweet like a countdown to the start of like free okay. agency. So he's clearly <laughs> looking forward to that. And as he should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good chance for him to make some money. I just tend to think that there's a team out there that's going to be willing to pay him more than what the Eagles will. And if I'm the Eagles, I don't break the bank by any means for Steve Nelson. I think Mm -hmm. cornerbacks in this system kind of have an easier job than they did, at least comparatively, let's say, to Jim Schwartz. I don't think you need to spend major resources on a player who is 29. And you have some, you have all these options, which I don't know if they're any good, but like Kerry Vincent Jr. Mm -hmm. and maybe Zach McPherson should have started with him, who they drafted last year and Tay Gowan and Andre Sachre and Josiah Scott. Like you have all the, like, why do you have all these guys, which again, none of them might be anything, but why do you have all them on the roster if you're just going to overpay Steve Nelson? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Are you just like wasting all these spots on players you don't believe in at all? Like, so I I think he's going to be gone. What about you? Yeah, you mentioned all those guys like
2: McPherson, Gowan, uh, Carrie Vincent, Josiah Scott, Mac McCain, uh, etc. And you to if you to look at each of them individually, you wouldn't project any of them okay, that like that's gonna be my my C B two uh next year. But when in the aggregate, you know, maybe one of those guys pans out in training camp and shows that they can be that guy. Uh but as far as like Stephen Nelson goes and his signing with the Eagles last year, it was a mutually beneficial one-year deal for mm-hmm. him like um he got to start for a team and show that he can start in the nfl still and perhaps improve his his value in 2022 free agency and for the eagles perspective they desperately needed a, a second corner a second starting cornerback and they found one in steven nelson so i think it was a mutually beneficial one-year thing i thought he played well enough uh for the eagles in 2021 um he wasn't asked to do like a whole he wasn't asked to like it wasn't like uh, uh, what Avante Maddox is being asked to do, for example, in Jim Schwartz's defense in you know 2020 and and before that, or like some of the other guys that we saw at the CB two position under Jim Schwartz, the assignments were a little bit easier. But again, he like he was a perfectly competent you know number two cornerback for the Eagles, and uh, I think he'll be remembered semi finally whenever he's gone. But uh, as you said, like that guy is looking forward to free agency, and he is going to sign with whatever team offers the most money.
1: Yes, as he should. Um, yeah, yeah, team. yeah. And
2: no, no, I, don't, I don't fault him for that in any way, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> um,
1: I think the Eagles too, like they could find another stopgap if they need to at corner, if they can't mm-hmm. find a long-term answer. If one of the young guys doesn't stop, uh, step up, I think there might be options for them. It's not like, oh, they lose Steven Nelson. Now what? Like they're screwed. Like, no, I don't, I don't think it's like that. I mean, ideally in a perfect world, I think you you can keep him maybe his market doesn't turn out to be strong as he wants it to be again and the eagles and steve nelson come back to the table and are able to work out a deal i think that's possible but i don't think it's the most likely thing i think it's more likely that he goes all right mm-hmm. dick rod um he's already signed i think to a deal so but he's on this list uh, i think i guess he signed to like a futures deal or whatever so okay he'll be back with the team in the off season yet again um still going strong here's one i think that we're going to disagree on based on what I've seen from your coverage. Nate Herbig is a restricted free agent. You believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the Eagles will place the lowest tender on him, the right of first refusal, which is worth about $2.4 million. He's the only restricted free agent that I think they're going to do that with.
2: And my reasoning why is pretty simple. He's played like 1,400 snaps over the last two years. So they've needed him. They've had a lot of injuries, uh, on the interior of their offensive line, and um, he's been there to be good enough as a backup. He can play either side. In theory, he can play center. I don't think he played well when he had to play center <laughs> at times last year. So um, you know, I, I don't view him that way. But I do view him as a guy who can play either left guard or right guard for you in a pinch. And I don't think that
1: 2.4 million is uh, is an overwhelmingly high number to bring him back. I mean, it's not an insignificant number though. You know, I think it's something like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's like the 20th biggest cap hit on the team, which mm-hmm. for okay. like a backup guard, I think is interesting. And, and a guard who I like Herbie, don't get me wrong. I would like, if money isn't an issue, I bring him back. I think he's a solid player, but it seems like they don't even love playing him always. Like they're kind of like yeah, reluctant to put him I on agree the field sometimes. So, like, then why are you also? And this also goes back to my thing with the cornerbacks that the Eagles are rostering. Like, why do you have Sua Opeta around? Why do you have, uh what's his name? Uh, Coyote Ishika, uh, Awashika around? Like, why do you mm-hmm. have, like, why are you st- keeping all these guys around? to then also pay $2.4 million to Nate Herbig. I just, I feel like you shouldn't have to do that if you're developing these other guys and you believe in them. And you have Jeff Stoutland, who feel like you can get more out of less and don't have to give those extra resources so this is kind of like splitting hairs a little bit I guess um, for me and if they sign him to that deal it's not the worst move ever I just think the more prudent thing to do would be to let him to not tender him let him see what he can get in the market and then be able to resign him for not 2.4 million although you know, maybe there's a team out there that gives him a chance uh, I could see maybe uh the Jaguars, who probably need some offensive line help. Maybe Dougie P brings Herbie down to Jacksonville. Um, but I mean if you lose him, I just don't think it's the biggest deal. So we disagree on that one.
2: Well, one quick thing on
1: that too. Uh-huh. Like, um, is he worth a pick to somebody?
2: Like, would some other team be happy to pay him 2.4 million? That isn't so that that like I mean the Eagles have a lot of depth on by the way, one of the weird things about uh early Eagles mock drafts is that everyone has them picking like an interior offensive line with one of their first round picks, which is ridiculous to me. Like if if on the, on the assumption that Jason Kelsey is going to come back anyway, they are loaded with depth on the interior of their offensive line. So I don't understand that at all. And and they also have good starters across the board too. So whatever. Um, But a lot of teams aren't so uh, blessed with uh, interior offensive line depth. Like as we saw in the Super Bowl, like the, the Cincinnati Bengals, Just got absolutely destroyed, uh, not only in the Super Bowl, but also against the Tennessee Titans and and, and other games throughout the playoffs. Could they use a guy like Nate Herbig as depth? Of course. Mm -hmm. Like, of course they could. If you can get like a sixth or seventh round pick from a team like that and they take on his $2.4 million salary. But the point I'll make here is like, Howie Roseman rarely ever lets offensive linemen just go. He'll hang on to those guys. And he's had success trading them in the past like they got us they got a pick for matt prior they, like they've gotten picks matt tobin uh alan barber uh a v- bunch of others that i can't escaping my, my mind right now but um he has been successful in trading backup offensive linemen uh in the past so um yeah i i do think they are going to tender him but i guess uh that's one we disagree on
1: <laughs> okay yeah that's a good point i didn't consider that and if you do sense there is a trade market for them then sure um, but I just think it's kind of funny that you still have like they they really do have a lot of bodies. Like you said, you still have Jack Driscoll. Like there's mm-hmm. so many guys. It's like, do you really need to, to pay the extra money when you have all these guys? Um, but it's not the biggest deal. And Sue Peta, yeah. like you mentioned, like I thought he played well not only
2: this past year, but also in 2020 when he had opportunities. Like he's he's yeah. he's actually stepped up
1: when he's had to play. Uh so then you kinda of already gave your answer for the next couple of these and and that you (laughs) think he's the only going to be here. Herbig's going to be the only guy tendered. So Greg Ward. You just can't. You can't like you can't tender him. You can bring him back again. The Eagles have used this approach in recent years, by the way, with like Corey yes. Clement, who was a restricted free agent, and they didn't tender him, and they let him go into free agency, and no one wanted to sign him, presumably, so they just brought him back basically at the minimum. So this is something they do, um, and I think that's something they might do with Greg Ward, like if they really want to bring him back to compete for a roster spot or be wide receiver five or whatever, you can do that by just letting, not tendering him, and then bringing him back on the minimum.
2: Yeah, they've done it with Rasul Douglas too, in a different way. Like he was due like a a performance escalator for playing a certain number of snaps on his rookie contract, and he was going to get a bump on his fourth year uh, uh, with, with with the team. And they basically restructured that, where like he took a pay cut uh, for that fourth year. So and then they cut him. Uh, yeah, they, they, what's that? <laughs> and then they cut him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he wound up being very good for the Packers this year. Uh, but yeah, so like Ward, no way. Like you're not paying Ward 2.4 million. No way. And like I mean, we may as well just keep going. Like Boston Scott is another one of those guys. You can't pay him 2.4 million. Like he's your third, he's your third or fourth running back. At potentially, the, you're not paying that guy, that that guy 2.4 million if he comes back on a smaller deal. Then sure. Then the one guy that I kind of struggled with on whether they would uh, tender him or not was uh, Alex Singleton. Which um, I mean, he's played a ton of snaps the last two years, and he's made a ton of tackles the last two years. Uh, he missed a lot of tackles in 2021. Uh, so, you know, is he a guy that you want to pay 2.4 million? I say no. Like, I think they have, the, the, you look at the Eagles have like a weird linebacker situation in that you can make an argument for five of their linebackers to be back in 2022. And yet it is still obviously like a very glaring need. So like, it's, it's weird. Cause they have like a, a lot of these like average type of players, like, like T.J. Edwards, uh, like Davion Taylor is, has the upside, uh, Alex Singleton. I, I think like Sean Bradley uh, should get more opportunities in the regular defense that he does. But he's proven that he's like a good special teamer. at least uh, Patrick Johnson is another guy at that Sam position that that's probably going to be back in 2022. But at the same time, like they need a, a linebacker who could be a three down guy and actually make plays for for the defense. So um, I don't know, it's just a very weird spot. And I think they have enough like sort of j- jags as linebackers that you don't necessarily have to pay one 2.4 million. So I think he's another guy that they'll probably get back, che- that they'll probably try to get back cheaper.
1: Yeah. And for a team that is reluctant to invest resources in linebackers, they're going to pay out mm-hmm. Singleton, like 2.4 million <laughs> yes. uh, who also, I just like, is he really going to have some kind of hot market? I mean this is a guy who is obviously kind of a late riser and he he turns twenty-nine this season. Like I just don't think oh, teams I didn't even realize he was that old. Yeah. Okay. So like, I don't think teams are like, you know, lining up to sign him to a long term deal or anything. So yeah. I think they can they can figure something out. Um maybe they don't tender him, but they bring him back at something a little bit more than the minimum, you know, like mm-hmm. a, I don't know, like a one point five million or whatever. Yeah, something in between. Yeah. Yeah, something in there. Um, yeah. I, I think they want him back, but I just don't I don't think they want to pay him two point four million. Mm-hmm. Um So we went through all the RFAs, then there's only one exclusive rights free agent, which is just like a sham of a free agent, because you just offer them the (laughs) minimum, and then they have to agree, or unless they want to play in like the USFL, or 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 stop playing football. And that's Andre Sacheray, who I guess kind of fell out of favor a little bit. Wasn't he kind of inactive like late in the year after kind of playing special teams, uh, or playing Mm. strong on special teams earlier on? So I don't know uh, necessarily what that was all about, but I don't. Imagine that will prevent them from bringing him back to compete for a roster spot in training camp, and this will be his first full offseason with the Eagles, so maybe uh, there's some more potential there to be unlocked for him. He's only 26 still. Yeah, no-brainer to bring him back, or at least bring him back to camp. All right, so that's the Eagles. He's
2: got got positional positional versatility for him, too. Yes, He started at safety uh, in that meaningless uh, Week 18 game against the Cowboys, uh, was listed as a cornerback uh with the with the uh, Colts who they claimed him off of waivers. They claimed him off of waivers then that's how they got him, right? Or did they get him off their practice squad?
1: Uh I forget. It's one of those two. But they... I think it was waivers. Yeah, they did. It was waivers. But uh yeah, he he's a no-brainer to 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 at least bring back to camp and get a longer look at him. Yep. Um another guy in the corner mix. Um all right, so that was the Eagles' free agents. Obviously, none of these players will be getting the franchise tag. Not a shock. Uh, just figured to mention because the franchise tag window has opened in the NFL. Um, that's our stay or go. Why don't we take a break here, Jimmy, before we get into our much anticipated, highly anticipated free agent draft, uh, the likelihood of who the Eagles are going to sign. But before we go to break, I should tell you about Righteous, Felon, Craft Jerky, which you can go check out for yourself by going to RighteousFelon.com and check it out. There's a lot of things on the site in terms of different options for you to buy in terms of high-quality meat snacks, artisan snacks, non-meat snacks. They have cool gear, a lot of good stuff there. Our most loyal listeners love Righteous Felon craft Jerky, and that is not me embellishing. It's true. Um, Shout-out to uh, Cow. And Rich Bobby, who I know are two Mm -hmm. big supporters of the podcast and the Righteous uh, Felon Craft Jerky brand. So if you want to be like them, which you all should aspire to be, go to RighteousFelon.com, check out discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. You won't regret it. Jimmy. Back after this.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: 2022 Eagles likelihood free agency draft. A really succinct name there. Um, So again, the concept here is that Jimmy and I are going to run through a list of free. We're going to assemble a team basically of free agents. And we're going to be drafting them based on the likelihood that we think the Eagles will sign these players. Uh, We I think we've had some good names in the past. Maybe they haven't all panned out, but I think we were thinking in the right place. At least I would mm-hmm. like to think that. Um, so the point here basically is to kind of give you the listeners an idea of the name, the top names to watch, basically in free agency, whether they sign with the Eagles or elsewhere. Um, these are the guys that we think will be on the Eagles' radar. Uh, did I set that up well enough, Jimmy? You did. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, so
2: who? So what, what, I guess we're going to do a snake draft where it's one,
1: and then we'll just keep going two, 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 two. I think we can carry. do that. Um, I feel so he, how do we determine who goes first? I feel like here's what I feel like. I feel like I should go first cuz I beat you in this last year and I beat why you. Why don't you pick? Why don't you pick what you want? Right. I should get to pick. Whether you want the first pick or the or the next two. I want the first pick and I, I want to establish <laughs> okay. why I should get uh the pick and that's because I beat you <laughs> in this last year and I beat you in the in the picks for, straight up uh, or or yeah, Eagles pick straight up for the season, and then are picks against the the spread. So I've earned this honor in my mind. Um, you're and gonna take my guy. I know. I know you're gonna take my guy. And this is also why I want to do it board. because I, I'm going to take <laughs> exactly who you think I'm going to take. I'm going to take Zach Pascal uh, from the Colts because I knew you wanted to take him. <laughs> and it's it's but it's it's the right move, right? It's it's clearly the right move because as you've documented before. Next year, I,
2: I don't know if I, I may have talked over you when, when you said his name. He said Zach
1: Pascal, Zach wide Pascal, receiver of the Colts. Wide receiver yeah. from the Colts. Um, I had mentioned him last year as a potential target when he was a restricted free agent, assuming the Colts like didn't tender him. I think th- like that was a situation to watch in my mind, but uh, credit to you for even really turning me onto the idea of how, just how much Nick Sirianni, uh loves Zach Pascoe. And you've told the story on the podcast before about how basically like the, the dog mentality thing was kind of crystallized with him. Mm-hmm. And I just think he also makes sense from a standpoint of not, not makes sense from a standpoint of me being excited about it, but makes sense from their standpoint of, I don't know if they're really looking to break the bank at wide receiver mm-hmm. and free agency. And they kind of just need a guy who can come in and be an actual pro and kind of be like a souped up version of J.J. white whiteside and he can block, but he actually has some receiving ability as well. And I also think his price will be good because he his numbers weren't great last year, but I think you're kind of willing to bet on, okay, that probably had to more to do with the fact that the quarterback there isn't always the most wide receiver uh, friendly quarterback. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As we've seen in the past. Um, so I think you and and again, if you want to use like uh JJ as an analog for uh Zach Pascal, like Carson Wentz never even threw to JJ Arthega White side So mm-hmm. um yeah. uh I will take him number one because I think that is a likely signing for the Eagles.
2: Yeah, Brandon says he's kind of like a, a souped-up version of JJ because he's a really good blocker. Like he's thought of as one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL, and he's not gonna be a guy who's gonna eat up Uh, like he's not going to demand a lot of targets is the way I'll put it. I mean, obviously the Eagles are going to, they're going to prioritize getting the ball to Devontae Smith and to Dallas Goddard and to a lesser degree, Quaz Watkins and Kenny Gainwell and the other running backs. And he's a guy that when the ball comes his way, he'll catch it and he'll, you know, do whatever he does with it. But like, he's not going to be a featured player. Uh, and he's going to be sort of like a meat and potatoes kind of, uh, grinder type of wide receiver and he sort of fits in with the personnel that the eagles have and as you mentioned sirianni has mentioned him repeatedly like brought him up on his own uh several different press conferences like his initial press conference with the team he mentioned like he thanked zach Pascal in addition to like 10 other players uh there's one thing where like and i've told this on the podcast i believe too like um heading into the eagles final preseason game uh this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh he Sirianni asked uh assistant coaches to put together tape of players that uh that, that they recall in the past that did something special to stand out in the final preseason game, which may have helped them make the roster. And Zach Pascal was one of the five players uh that that they showed uh tape of in that final preseason game. Uh and then as you mentioned the the whole dog mentality thing crystallized with him. So <laughs> yeah, he was he was the number one guy on my board too, <laughs>
1: but uh, you got him, you bastard. <laughs> I I earned the right to pick Zach Pascal. in my mind, Jimmy. Who do you, who are you taking with your next two picks? So I'll take uh, if they want to go a little flashier at wide
2: receiver, but still the cost might not be extreme. Uh, I'd go DJ Chark hmm. with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, there's the uh, Dave Caldwell connection. Uh, the Eagles, he's now working in the Eagles front office. He was the general manager
1: of the Jaguars. He drafted DJ Chark uh, in the second round of A quick the- Quick point to me, our yeah, question I have ahead. for you almost on uh, Dave Caldwell with both Ian Cunningham and uh, Brandon Brown leaving the Eagles directors of- Mm-hmm. Or, or, or the assistant director of a player personnel. I forget their exact title off the top of my head, but I almost wonder if like Dave Codwell could see an increased influence with those yeah, people going po- Potentially. And I mean, we've
2: already seen the Eagles trade for two different Jaguars players in uh, Josiah Scott and Gardner Minshew. And he was hired in May. So like his, mm-hmm. he didn't even like, we didn't even see him have any influence during free agency last year or during the draft last year. But even after, like, all the, the like the two major components of the offseason, they still brought in two former Jaguars players. So uh, I think he does have, you know, the ear of, of Howie Roseman. And, and DJ Chark is a bigger receiver, which the Eagles lack right now. They, you know, Rager, excuse me, not Rager, but uh, Smith and Quez are sort of, you know, smaller receivers than Rager is too. Um, so they could use a big guy like Chark, who's 6'4". He's a skinny guy, 6'4", around 200 pounds. But he can make plays in the red zone. He can make plays down the field. Um, and you know, he had a really good, uh, early start to his career. He's had some injuries more recently, which is why he can maybe be a little more affordable now, but. Uh, he's a player that I think fits in really well. Does not sort of fit the mold of the Zach Paschal point that we made, where like he's not going to demand, like where Zach Pascal isn't going to demand a lot of targets. If you get a guy like DJ Chark, you're going to keep him happy. You have to like make sure the ball comes his way. So I wonder what that dynamic would be. But the, he's a guy that can kind of play inside and outside. You can take advantage of, of, you know, size matchups on the interior with him, on the, out of the slot with him, uh, or, or it can like beat you down the field. Uh, down the sideline on, on the outside. So uh, I think he's a nice fit, and he does have that Caldwell connection. So that's your first. Who's your second? My second would be Uchenna Nuosu. Wow. Uh, edge rusher, we'll call him. Sam Linebacker probably was more, more accurate. uh the, is the, is the role that I would have uh, in mind for him with the Eagles uh, from the Chargers. Um, the Eagles brought him in as a pre-draft visit uh back in the day, back in uh I guess it would have been what twenty twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, they brought him in for, for a pre-draft visit. Uh he's a guy that um you know made an impact for the Chargers this past offseason. But again, he's probably not a guy that's gonna like break the bank in free agency. He's just a, a he's just a, a a player that fits what the Eagles need. And we met, I mentioned earlier that it'll be easy to upgrade on a guy like Gennard Avery in terms of getting after the passer in terms of playing the run and in coverage. And I think he's a really good fit in that Sam role. He had 40 tackles last year, eight for loss, five sacks, uh, 17 quarterback hits, which is really nice. A couple forced fumbles, four pass breakups, an interception. So he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And he's just a really athletic uh, kind of, kind of, you know, the Eagles had 29 sacks last year, 29, which is second worst in the NFL. So they need guys that can get after mm-hmm. the passer and he can do that. So, uh, I think you just bring as many guys in as you can. And at that same spot, I think he, he really makes a lot of sense in, in
1: Gannon's defense. I remember specifically watching him in the Chargers Raiders game to end the season, and he was awesome. He was making a lot of plays. Okay. I remember. Um, obviously the chargers didn't win, but he was kind of like a terror mm-hmm. in that game. Um, so small sample size from my personal <laughs> experience of him. But when I did see him, uh, he definitely had some juice. So uh, I like that fit for the Eagles. I think that makes sense. And obviously you mentioned the pre-draft interest thing, which is not insignificant. Uh, they like to have some familiarity, typically yep. with the guys they sign at some level. There's always a connection you can kind of draw, call it the cohabitation matrix as Harry Roseman once called it. Um, All right, but back to my two picks. So, uh, interesting strategy, or it's interesting to think about the strategy we have here because, you know, I could diversify, like you're doing, and, you know, taking wide receiver and the player at a different position, but I just feel like they have to add a receiver. So, I almost want to go heavier on this position, Okay, and I will add juju smith schuster to my team okay. there was that weird report last year about the eagles like having interest in conflicting him. reports but from the same reporter yes and harry <laughs> roseman clearly texting adam Schefter and being like don't tweet this tweet this instead um, yes. but i mean at some level it seemed like they did have some interest in him he was on their radar to some extent like there seemed to be some kind of interest in him and juju's numbers are bad like don't get it twisted um mm-hmm. this is not a, like a, a very exciting signing in the sense of like this guy's you know coming off this great season and now the eagles are getting him and he's proven commodity but i almost think people like might be a little bit too low on juju and there's obviously reason to think he could be undervalued from the standpoint he's playing with a quarterback who couldn't really like throw the ball more than i don't know 15 yards down the field um coming off the season his last two years 8.6 yards per reception but again i think that's a function of the Steelers offense. Like in his first year, he was at fifteen point eight and he was at twelve point three or sorry, twelve point eight, and then he was at thirteen point one uh yards per reception in his first three seasons respectively. Also got into the end zone a decent amount. He had fourteen touchdowns in his first two years combined, and then he had three in twenty nineteen. Um, funny enough, he also had plays of ninety-seven Nine. yards in both 2017 okay. and 2018 uh that's kind of funny um so i think he might be being a little bit undervalued i think the eagles could use a better option in the slot like i think that would kind of be a nice low-key add for them since they mm-hmm. haven't really had that i mean obviously Devonte smith can do some of that and you can mix him in there but someone who can maybe just dominate in the slot would be kind of nice to have i don't know how likely that is in part because The Eagles have a quarterback who doesn't really like to throw over the middle of the field as well. So maybe that's not the right fit, but in my mind uh, I think the Eagles will be looking for players in free agency that aren't necessarily top of the market guys because they have cap space, but I don't think they have like, we're just going to outpay everyone F you kind of money as much as like we can get some guys, but we're probably going to have to take some bets here on players who uh, might be undervalued and we can get them at a good rate because uh, we're betting on, you know, them teams like underrating them because again his numbers weren't good. Well, it's like okay, why weren't the numbers good? So I'm going to take Juju next. Do you have any thoughts on him? The wall. I'll just piggyback on the point that you made. Where this year Ben Roethlisberger
2: got the ball out absurdly quickly, so that's going to affect uh, you know yards per target, uh, yards per reception, and Juju got hurt. Like he only played four and a half games for for the Steelers this year, and uh, the year before he was playing. I mean, Rothsberger didn't even, got, he got a hurt himself. And they were playing with Mason Rudolph and that Duck Hunter dude whose name I don't remember. Duck Hodges. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh, not Duck Hunter. That was his name. His nickname, Duck. But he was a <laughs> Duck Hunter, right? I don't or know. I have that wrong. Whatever. They both sucked, <laughs> I guess, is kind of the point that I'm getting at here. So um, you look at his numbers when he first came into the league, and if he can get anywhere remotely close to that again mm-hmm. he's sort of like a and he's only 25 so yeah he's got like reasonable upside looking forward um if you fixate on the on the last two years then you know you're not too optimistic about uh his future in the league but he clearly has talent and he's shown that he can play in the nfl in the past uh had some you know bad luck with injuries but i think he's a reasonable enough sort of like you know what he's going to at least give you as a baseline um and that's a tough player who will do some dirty work over the middle and block and all that stuff, but has also a reasonable upside to to be more than that. I he, want he's he's he'll be like a fascinating guy to see what he gets paid yes. uh, in free agency
1: this year. I mean, coming off the numbers he he is, I think it's a little tough for him to, you know, get the the super big deal, but um mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I will note that he was one of the eight wide receivers that Carson Wentz was told to watch back in 2017. So the Eagles Mm. have presumably done some homework on him and obviously not just being interested in him reportedly last year, but even going back to. And I also think they talked to him at the Combine, I believe. They used an official Combine uh, meeting with him in 2017. Do you have that
2: list in front of you by any chance, one of the eight guys?
1: Uh, I'd be curious to revisit that list. It is Shelton Gibson. Right. uh, Juju Smith. Cooper Cup was in there, right? Cooper Cup. Chad Hansen, Mike Williams, Jeez, and that's right. <laughs> Corey Davis, and then I think uh, – I forget. I don't have the, the rest right here. I think Mac Hollins might have been in there considering okay. the, the Eagles ended up drafting him. Um, yeah, I don't have – John Ross, if I didn't say that, I think he was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was most of them. Um, my next pick, though, Jimmy, is another wide receiver. <laughs> and, man, I'm kind of between two names here. I have one higher on my board. I guess I'm just going to stick with that even though I don't know that the Eagles are going to be spending this much money, but Mike Williams is the prototypical X receiver that I think the Eagles could really afford to have because they don't have that right now in this offense. And again, he he might be franchise tag, although it seems like the chargers might not do that based on the buzz that's out there. So we'll see on that one, but I think he fits in as a prototypical X receiver. He, uh, uh has experience with Nick Sirianni he was uh with Nick Sirianni as in his rookie season that was his position coach so you have that connection Mm -hmm. and obviously Shane Steichen being there and involved with the Chargers offense he has that familiarity as well um so that's just another name that I think can make sense just from a profile standpoint I don't know that the the cost fits as much so that's why I kind of don't feel amazing about it but uh, it would be nice to have that kind of player in this offense so if they went big
2: at quarterback,
1: like if they traded for like a Russell
2: Wilson, then I think that changes your whole strategy uh, otherwise in free agency. And that's when you kind of go for a guy like a Mike Williams, because you're going to transition from a run heavy team to one that's actually going to use your quarterback as a passer. You know what I mean? So I, I think that he's a a more realistic name if you do make that big move at quarterback. I don't know that you bring him in if you still go if you're still rolling with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Who are your next two picks?
2: All right, so I'm going to go Hassan Redick. Uh, I'm hmm. going to double up on Sam Linebackers. I know that people think of him more as uh, an edge rusher, and he would be an, an edge rusher uh, for the Eagles, but on obvious passing downs. He's only 6'1", 230, so you're not going to have him line up at defensive end and you know expect him to anchor against the run and whatnot. But he can play that Sam Linebacker position, which uh, he played linebacker at Temple, Course, he'd be coming home to Philadelphia if he signed with the Eagles. Uh, he had it was sort of like a one year wonder in uh, 2020 when he had I think it was 12 and a half sacks, and he had a huge game I recall against the Giants where he just killed them all day, had five sacks against them late in the season. So it was, it was not only that it was a one year wonder, but he also had like a, like just a flurry of sacks to, to finish off, uh, the, the, uh, no, not the Panthers, the, uh, the Cardinals' mm-hmm. season in 2020. He was a free agent after the 2020 season. Signed a one-year deal with the Panthers for not a lot of money. It was like six million, I think, fully guaranteed, six million, but not a lot of money. I think there was talk he a, that
1: he had better offers, but he wanted to play with Matt Rule, reunite with Matt. Oh, Rule. okay. Yeah.
2: So he had 11 and a half sacks this past year, uh, but he's a guy that he's just a he's just a quality pass rusher. Uh, you can play him at that Sam linebacker spot uh, on you know early downs. And then in obvious pass rushing situations, you line him up on the edge and you let him pin his ear ears back and go after the quarterback. So I don't I wouldn't look at him just solely as a as a Sam linebacker. I'd look at him more as a pass rusher who can also play that Sam linebacker spot. Uh but but again, I think he'd be a nice fit in the Eagles offense. And just getting back to the point that I made before. Twenty-nine sacks, second worst in the NFL. You need guys that can get after the passer. This guy probably gonna make a you know significantly more than he did. In 2021, because he proved that he wasn't just a one year wander, but also not the kind of guy that's going to make, again, like I said, he's 6'1, 230. So he's not a prototypical size for an edge rusher. And I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that sort of breaks the bank. You can maybe get him for like 10 million or something like that. He and Nuosu, in my opinion, would be sort of guys that would be on the higher end of what the Eagles can spend for this offseason. So they'd be the two guys that I think are are sort of the more, uh, more on the premium end of uh, free agent targets, but also only sort of like in the 20 to 30 range in terms of like, when you look at like, list that like guys put together like shield for example or or like uh, greg rosenthal of nfl.com uh who put together these lists for, like the top you know 100 free agents in the nfl evan silva i think does one too um you know they're gonna land in like the 20s or the 30s uh but they'd be sort of on the
1: higher end of what the eagles can afford looking at the free agent market for defensive ends i don't think there are a lot of like obvious long-term fits for the eagles out there like I don't think they're going to be signing guys at the top of the market like Von Miller or Chandler Jones, right? Right. Um, like Hassan Reddick is one of those guys out there who's like a, more of an edge rushing outside linebacker, as you mentioned. Um, yep. outside of that, like there isn't like a younger kind of guy other than like Derek Barnett, who's like a full-time defensive end, like traditional four, three defensive end. Um, so yeah, they might have to turn to that unless like you want to add maybe like a veteran edge rusher out there. Um, like maybe Justin Houston or whatever, someone like, yeah, someone like that, like they did with Kerrigan. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think that's what we're going with on our list here. Cause that's, that'd be coming later in the off season. Um, so I think that's reasonable. Uh, who's your next pick?
2: The other guy I'll go with is uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, the safety from the Steelers, who has just a great uh, physical, like size and athleticism profile. Like if you look up his spider chart on MockDraftable dot com, he's got just uh, like around a four. Uh, I should probably have it pulled up when he actually ran or whatever. Uh, but he's he's a guy that uh, was a first round pick. Uh, of the Steelers in 2018. Uh, I can't recall if the Eagles brought him in for a pre draft visit, but they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, who was also drafted during the 2018 season. So, you know, Fitzpatrick is his fifth year option was picked up, but Edmonds was not. So, as a result, Edmonds is sort of a rare first round pick who has actually been a decent player for the majority of his rookie contract, who's going to become uh, a free agent after just the the four seasons but he's 6'1, he's 217. I have it here now. He ran a 4.4740. Um so he's a big guy, he can run and um you know his his stats aren't fantastic, but he's a guy that like is is young at 25, he's big, he's athletic and I think that's the kind of guy that that if you're Howie Roseman and you're looking to to bring in players that can uh you know, be a staple of your defense for the next five, six years. That that's a guy with 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 some youth and um has played reasonably well enough, but also still has some upside and some ceiling that, that he can reach.
1: Okay. Well uh so what do you have here? You have three picks made or no you'd five you had four? I
2: took DJ Chark, Uchenna Nwosu
1: Hassan Redick and Terrell Edmonds. Okay, and I have three so far um, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? Because that okay. is seven, and we're gonna draft seven players each. Uh, and then I will beat you again, obviously, but uh we don't know that just yet. But before <laughs> we throw it to break, Jimmy, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors?
2: Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. I'll repeat that eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. And thank you, by the way to the two fellows who reached out to her over the past week. Wow. Uh, interested in purchasing a house. So if you're looking to buy or sell your home, uh, reach out to Kristen Roach, uh, roachrealtors.com. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon?
1: We will be back after this. <laughs>
2: Kristen Rocha of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Real tours. Kristen Rocha of Roach Real tours.
0: She's the
2: greatest. 8 by six, oh, 6,
1: 9, 2. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. It's my turn. I'm up now. Made your two picks that you think you can beat me with, but you're a fool and you cannot. So it is my turn. And I'm going to stick with this wide receiver thing because I'm trying to hit on one of them. <laughs> They're going to sign a free agent receiver. They have to. So I'm just going to. Not a
2: bad idea. Just just take all the guys at one position and uh, and maybe that's all you need to win.
1: Uh, hey, um, it's a little game theory going on. I'm going to take Allen Robinson, who... Okay. I don't love in terms of like age and some of the injury history there in the past and everything. Yeah, declining stats and all that. Declining yeah. stats, but again, what's the theme of some of my theme. picks here? Uh yeah, is that like undervalued players and yeah. to me, Justin Fields was incredibly overrated. So and he was actually like terrible last year. So I don't think Alan Robinson was gonna thrive with him by any means. So I think the Eagles can get him at a reasonable number. And I will mention you brought up uh, Dave Caldwell with DJ Chark. Mm. Dave Caldwell was in Jacksonville. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yep, when yeah. Allen Robinson was there. So uh, I think that's another one to keep an eye on. Um, I think some people have made Alshon Jeffrey parallels a little bit different, obviously, in terms of age. But maybe you can bring him in on like a one-year deal. You get him in here, uh, see if he can be a, a longer-term piece for you or not. Uh, again, prototypical kind of ex-receiver that uh, you'd be adding to this offense. The target thing, I think, is interesting. You kind of brought that up with Mike Williams, too. Like, I don't know that the Eagles are really looking to add a target monster, in part because they don't <laughs> even feed their current target monster on the team. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, I think you just need more talent at wide receiver is part of the issue. And I think maybe Allen Robinson would be okay in that role, or maybe I'm totally off and just projecting. But uh, another one of the top names to watch at receiver, so I will take him. Any quick thoughts on him?
2: Uh, no, I think he covered it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't love him <laughs> because of just the age thing alone, but I mean, he, I think he does make their offense better immediately.
1: So I will then move off wide receiver, sadly, and pivot to one of two positions that I'm looking at here on my board. Um, I see, I have it, I have a list and I could stay true to it, but there's been some, some variables. Oh, in you here. going off,
2: you going off board?
1: Well, not completely. It's on the board, but I have to be careful about it because I I have to adjust to how you've been drafting. I mean, drafting. you're not
2: staying true to your board?
1: I'm not staying true to my board by maybe one spot because based on how you've been drafting, I feel like I kind of need to attack this position. And I'll go with the pass rusher. And that is okay. one Charles Harris, baby. Everyone <laughs> may have forgotten this name. Because the, uh, it's been a while. But remember when, like, everyone was terrified the Eagles were going to take him in 2017? <laughs> yes. Because I do. Yeah, I
2: remember he was the guy that nobody wanted.
1: Because he had, like, really bad testing numbers <laughs> yeah. and everything. But there was a lot of buzz that the Eagles liked him. Uh-huh. I believe he was on that short list of, like... Who
2: does he even play for?
1: He played for the Lions last year after kind of being a, a bust with the Dolphins. He's coming off a career Dolphins. season. Okay. Yeah. He had seven and a half sacks. He's kind of in that... Hassan Reddick mold. He also had 16 quarterback hits last year. Um, but okay. just coming off of that Hassan Reddick kind of mold, he's like, he's not as light. He's 6'3", 252, but he's not, you know, necessarily a full-time, uh, like three, four, three defensive end as much as he could be kind of, I think, rushing from that, uh, off the edge as a linebacker. Um, yeah. I think this is a guy, again, that the Eagles showed a lot of interest in leading up until, uh, up, uh, until, onto why can't i say this up to the 2017 nfl draft and uh i just think that's something that they could revisit uh given his success and kind of a buy low guy um i want to look up here what is the specific thing okay so it was one of the five players the eagles were rumored to take at 14 that was uh charles harris it was him it was Derek barnett it was garyon conley you had mentioned the Eagles probably yes. would have taken over Derek Barnett, assuming his legal issues hadn't come into play. Um, Christian McCaffrey right. and I John like Ross. Right, at the last
2: minute, too. Like, he he had yeah. uh, things come out, like, I think it was, like, two days before the draft.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something to that. They were interested in him at the time. Um, they could use some more pass rush juice. I think you could take a bet on him as kind of maybe an ascending player. He will be, mm-hmm. uh, 27 this season. So, you know, I think still at a good age. Um, I don't know that, uh, he will be breaking the bank necessarily, even though he is coming off of this pretty career season for him. So, uh, why not throw Charles Harris into the mix there for my first non receiver?
2: I hadn't considered him, but I kind of like that one. Uh, So my next pick, I'm going to go Marcus May, Mm. Safety Jets. Um, He got the franchise tag uh, uh, last year, got hurt. So he's a guy that got hurt by getting uh, the franchise tag. He was unhappy with getting the tag. He wanted a a new, very lucrative contract. Uh, He and Joe Douglas did not get that done. Uh, In New York, he's a free agent now this offseason, and they're obviously not going to tag him again. So he's going to hit the open market. I'd be shocked if he didn't land somewhere other than the Jets. Uh, Maybe not shocked. Uh, Actually, there there maybe is a reasonable argument for him to go back to the Jets in that he already knows the defense wouldn't have to learn a new defense, can sort of build up his value again, and then maybe hit the free agent market in 2023. But I ultimately think he's going to be on another team in 2022. And the Eagles make sense because they need a safety. And uh, the only thing that I think that would preclude the Eagles from bringing him in is because May is probably going to have a high price tag in mind. Like he's not going to look at uh, himself as like, oh, well, now I'm damaged goods because I got hurt, even though I felt like I was worth more than the franchise tag that I was playing on last year. So it's a tricky sort of um, uh, situation that he's in. He's a guy that I think the Eagles could maybe have interest in uh, like in week two of Mm. free agency if a market doesn't develop that he's hoping for in the first week of free agency. Then the Eagles can kind of uh, swoop in, uh, no pun intended, and uh, maybe pick him up um, on a reasonable one-year deal where he can show what he can do uh, over the course of one season. And if the Eagles like what they see uh, in that one year, maybe they look at him as a long-term fix. They give him uh, a contract extension. If not, then he can just be a one-and-done guy. But uh, I think he's a guy that, that does make sense. And then with uh, do you have any thoughts on him?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I think this is a position that uh, will be in play. So I think it makes sense for you. Uh, the, the one thing I guess I did think about him was uh, – Franchise tag, one year, next year for agency. That's kind of what they did with Anthony Harris. Obviously not the same age and everything, uh, different situations. But um, that's what I thought about.
2: Okay. Uh, My other guy (laughs) is (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rashad Penny, uh, running back Seahawks. The Eagles brought him in for a Mm. pre-draft visit way back when. Um, Had a really rough start to his career um, with injuries. He tore an ACL. In uh, 2019, he's had like a whole slew of different injuries. Um, if you look at his numbers, the last five games of the 2021 season, 92 carries, 671 yards, yep. 7.3 yards per carry and six touchdowns in those last five games for the Seahawks. Nobody saw it because the Seahawks were like done at that point, And, you know, nobody was paying attention to them anymore. But he absolutely crushed it uh, down the stretch. And his running style, I think, is a great fit for the Eagles' offense because he's a power back at uh, you know 220 pounds. Runs with um, you know like like really good energy. He's he's always finishing his runs, and he's like running guys over. He's got good vision. He's got these short like choppy steps. Can follow blocks. I think he just he's a guy that sort of gets all the meat on the bone, but also has a big play potential and would be a major upgrade over a guy like jordan howard and again maybe might not break the bank because of his extensive injury history so you take like he'd be a risk but he'd be a guy that you know you bring in as a running back but with the idea that he'd be part of a committee and if he becomes more than that like if he becomes like your alpha back great but uh i I love him as a player when he's healthy
1: he's a 5.6 career yards per uh attempt average Mm -hmm. um he also has phenomenal (laughs) yeah it is uh 23 receptions for 206 yards so he can catch a little bit not like a ton hasn't been used in that way but a 9.0 yards per reception average um one fumble and uh only 300 basically 303 career touches so plenty of tread left on the tires and also (laughs) uh will be 26 this season so i agree he makes sense if he's available my thing with him i don't think the seahawks are gonna let him go i think like, this, the, mm-hmm. the, the, how he kind of flourished at the end of the season was like, oh, see, we were right about Rashad Penny. Like, <laughs> it paid off finally. Yeah, and they're yeah, gonna, yeah, like, I'd be like, we, now we're gonna <laughs> resign him because, like, look how smart we are. And also, I think just Pete Carroll's affinity for running the football. And especially yes. if Russ isn't back, I think they're going to lean into that even more. Um, yeah, cause let's say they trade for, I don't know, Jalen Hurts or someone, um, who isn't Russell Wilson. I think they're going to even rely on the run more. So I just don't think he's going to be available to the Eagles. Although I, I agree with you from like a fit standpoint. It would be, yeah, it'd be a great, uh, chance to take on. And also I just don't think the Eagles spend, you know, they're not going to be competitive in the running back market. Anyone they're signing. And see to me, as a running back, is someone they're getting, you know, on, on the cheap or a value, a bargain. They're not going to, like, outbid mm-hmm. other teams for a running back. And I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a decent bid-in on Rashad Penny. Don't think they're just going to be super willing to let him go. Um, so this brings me to my final two picks, Jimmy, that I have here. I'm looking at my board. I think I am going to go with, as I look up and down, I think I'm going to go, first of all, with Justin Reed who uh, we talked about the safety position a little bit. Uh, The Eagles had some – Pre-draft visit, I believe, back in the day, right? Correct. Eagles had uh, him in, uh, pre-draft interest in him, and also Malcolm Jenkins being gone, I think, is significant because in the past there was that kind of obviously strained, tenuous relationship with Eric Reed and Malcolm Mm -hmm. Jenkins, and they got into it. Uh, you know, with, with the Panthers game in 2018, that was, and and that kind of strained connection, and and now that Malcolm Jenkins is gone, uh, maybe that kind of opens the door a little bit more. Although maybe not. Maybe there's still some weird feelings there with Justin Reed and his brother and all of that. Um, but I think Justin Reed in continuing my theme of undervalued players has kind of been like left to rot in Houston, and like it's a terrible team the past two yes. years. Like he he showed good promise his first couple seasons when the texans weren't a total dumpster fire and were actually competitive but i think the past couple years hasn't been as good and i think how you've mentioned before i believe how the eagles view darius slay as a player they can kind of rescue from detroit and he'll be better right and with a more successful environment i think they could kind of identify justin reed as that player who could kind of be almost maybe like their next rodney mcleod in this like long-term free agent safety that they sign and can mm-hmm. be here for many years to come and and has some versatility and all of that so i like his fit uh, a lot i like how he profiled i liked him a lot i i think he was like my top option that year What was that was that 2018 or whatever it was uh for in the draft for when justin reed came out but whenever it was um yeah he was my uh i, I really wanted the eagles to take him i had a lot of interest in him so okay. i'm gonna put like him second, in there third
2: round something like that
1: yeah um, so I will put him in there, and then my last pick. Uh, I'm looking here. There's a couple names I could go with, uh, but I'm going to go with it. And maybe it's dumb, but I'm going to take a, a shot in the dark. It's kind of um a, a, maybe a long shot. Durham Smythe, Jimmy. I'm going to put Durham Smythe on here. Miami <laughs> Is he Dolphins a tight end. Tight end. Yeah. yeah Who, okay. <laughs> I believe he, he went to Notre Dame. I like it. Uh. Well, look. I think he's gonna be in their range. I, I like Jack Stoll, I think did some nice things last season, but I don't four think four catches. I mean in terms <laughs> he's of as your a blocker, two tight end. As a blocker. Like yeah. I think and, and for in and relative to an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, but I think you have to upgrade at the tight yeah. end two spot. I don't think for you sure. can I think if you have to go along in a season with Jack Stoll as your Second tight end, that's fine. Like it was for the Eagles this past season, but you can't enter the season as like that being your plan. Um, I think Jack Stoll can be tight end three. Um, Tyree Jackson, I know, is still like, and he, they didn't. Enter, they didn't enter the the season, by the way. Sorry to cut you off, but they didn't
2: enter the right. season last year with him as the two because they had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So he was the three, and they also had Tyree Jackson, who they thought would probably be be maybe the three yes. as well. So tight end is like a really underrated need. In my opinion, it's gonna actually gonna be like a really strong uh draft for tight ends, not at the top necessarily, but it's mm. a really deep tight end crop, apparently, in like days two and three. I think they're gonna draft one, but I also think that if they can find a guy that they like in free agency and is not too expensive, then yeah, I mean that, that makes all the sense in the world. Jack Still, like you said, he's a good blocker. He had four catches last year. So like he's not gonna he's not gonna be any kind of threat to a defense as a receiver in any way. I I, I absolutely could see them doing a guy like doing a guy <laughs> doing a guy I'm signing a guy like uh like a Dormsmith I like I like that pick
1: okay and the other part of it was that um uh, they showed a lot of pre-draft interest in him. They talked to him at the senior bowl, the combine. Okay. Justin Peel, the Eagles tight ends coach at the time, I believe worked him out personally as pro day. And I also okay. have them. Yeah. Okay. So they, they showed like a decent amount of interest in him prior to the draft. And here's the kicker, Jimmy. He's a Havertown PA native. So maybe he would have interest in coming <laughs> back to the Philly area okay. and, uh, you know, might be willing to take a discount, a little bit of one or, you know, even money, whatever. Um, I just think you could get him relatively on the Cheap he could be a nice number two tight option behind Dallas scaard, and uh yeah, that's my final pick.
2: I wonder how many writers around the n f l have identified Durham Smythe as a potential target just me <laughs> and have and have done that, ex- that i mean that's that's it's good work by you you been going getting down to havertown,
1: <laughs> yeah good name by the way. Uh, so love you, that name
2: did you take two there yeah he took Justin Reed. Okay. yeah I, i'm all right, so I'm on of final... one pick. Uh, no, I have two more picks and you have, oh no, you're right. I have one more pick.
1: Hmm. All
2: right. I have two guys left on my board.
1: We can talk about some of our undrafted free agents, I guess afterwards.
2: So I'm going to go with, uh, the Eagles have to sign a linebacker that doesn't make the team or gets cut mid season. So my guy this year for that is Nicholas (laughs) Morrow okay, uh, of the Raiders who in 2020 was good. Like he... I thought he actually. I had him on my 2020 list. Not excuse me, not 2020, 2021 list uh, last offseason. I thought he was a, a good fit for Jonathan Gannon's defense, or at least what I perceived his, his defense to be. In that, like he can cover. He was a good enough blitzer, and uh, he was you know decent enough against the run. But he can cover a lot of space uh, in 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 theory uh, over the middle of the field because he's a converted safety. Uh, I wondered if that strategy was going to change moving from Jim Schwartz to Jonathan Gannon, but I don't think it did as evidenced by their selection of Jacoby Stevens, uh, who they were converting from safety to linebacker coming out of LSU, didn't make the team or whatever. But Morrow's a guy uh, allowed four and a half yards per target in 2020. Uh, He had three sacks, uh, eight pressures. uh, What else am I missing here? A bunch of tackles. In 2021, he got hurt, so he missed the entire season uh, with uh, with a, an injury sustained. I think it was in training camp or the preseason, but he didn't play any games in 2021. He, he signed a contract with the Raiders last year signed back with them for, I think it was like $4 million, uh fully guaranteed. So that price is going to come down, and uh, the Raiders have a lot of linebackers now. So uh, I wonder if he'll be on the outs with them. And if so, maybe he can be the, the guy the Eagles signed for like, two and a half, three million who doesn't do anything in training camp and gets
1: cut. Gets cut. Uh, Following in the footsteps of one Corey Nelson. Uh, I mean, Zach Brown was cut during the season, but the same kind of yep. ilk. Um, who else? LJ Fort, who obviously went on to have success with the Ravens, but still was cut here. Uh, Wilson. Who was it last year? Wilson. Yeah. Eric Wilson. Correct. Yeah. So it's always someone. So good target by <laughs> you. And that closes out our likelihood, uh, draft that we have. We'll see who wins. Although I feel good about it with Zach Pascal being at the top. Um, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> and they're if he definitely isn't, signing I, that guy. Kind of we, all, we all know that, right? Probably. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so who are the names that we didn't get to? I'll run so, through some of mine, Jimmy. Some of the players okay. left on my board. Christian Kirk, uh, also okay. you know a guy who can fit in the slot and elsewhere. That that's uh, another
2: like if they sign if they trade for Russell Wilson kind of guy.
1: Okay, and he was uh he was with Aaron Moorhead, Eagles wide receiver coach, I believe, at Texas A and M. So there's some familiarity there. Uh, I have uh, Al Quadine Muhammad on here, who okay. was a defensive end for the Colts, is coming off a mm-hmm. career season. If the Eagles kind of maybe need just need because they kind of need a body, a defensive end. I mean, who yeah. are they bringing back? It's Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat and. Mm-hmm. Who else? Like Matt Leo. Teron <laughs> okay. Jackson. Yeah, Teron Jackson. Like, you know, these aren't the most qualified people to necessarily to be on the field. They're going to have to add some more depth there. Uh, so I, I put him on there, given his experience with the Colts. And then another Gandon connection I want to highlight is Xavier Rhodes, who okay. uh, I think kind of – is obviously would not be a long-term piece for the Eagles, but kind of going back to what I said about Steve Nelson earlier, like if you're not retaining him and you kind of just need to find a stopgap option, plan plan C. Yeah. yeah, While you're still developing some of those young guys and and maybe it's possible that Xavier Rhodes struggles and Zach McPherson like takes over at some point or whatever. Um, But he was a guy that, uh you know, obviously had experience or, or knew, from Minnesota as well. And I remember Chris Ballard specifically gave Gannon a lot of credit for reviving Xavier Rhodes. So maybe Xavier mm-hmm. Rhodes feels the same way and would like to be connected with Gannon again. Uh, if he is not retained by the Colts, uh so that's another name I had out there. Uh I'll run through a couple more for you before you get to yours. Uh if and if you want to hop in on any of these, let me know. Uh mm-hmm. I had Daryl Williams at running back. The Eagles showed some draft oh, yeah. interest Chiefs, in him yeah. from the Chiefs. And he's like a Jordan Howard kind of mold, more of like a physical yeah. runner. I think he would be cheap potentially. Um Marlon Mack, you could throw out there. I just think Daryl Williams has more of that Howard mold specifically. Um looking else here as I scan through my list. Uh Quandre Diggs. I've, br- I've brought this up before, but Darius Slay freaking loves he was on that my, guy. He was on my
2: list last year. I love him as a player. But well, that's the guy, the Seahawks C- C- C-L- are no, there's no way they're letting him get out of there. I mean, I'm with I, you on the player and the fit. I love that guy.
1: He did have, uh, so the, the bad thing for him is he had a broken right fibula and dislocated ankle in week 18. Okay. All uh, right. But, uh, I I saw this from our good friend, Sheel, um, so from the athletic, his 10 interceptions over the past two seasons are tied for first among safeties and his okay. 17 passes defense. are tied for six. So definitely a playmaker. I, yeah, I guess the Seahawks wouldn't be super keen on letting him go. Um, but if they did like going back to Steve Nelson last year, there was, I me- remember like slay was part of that and slay was apparently kind of like recruiting him and everything. Uh, I don't know if you remember that Jimmy, but like that was kind of tough. Steven Nelson, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, yeah. The, so I I just think like Darius Lay is tweeting about that guy all the time. I think he would love mm-hmm. to have him. I yeah, they're he's, teammates in in Detroit, right? Exactly. But like, especially like, still like, freaking loves him. So I think he would be in Howie's ear about trying to get him on the team, and I think he would mm-hmm. be in uh, Diggs' ear about like coming to Philly. So you know, again, I don't know how likely that is, money and everything, but I would I would have him on the radar. And how about this, Jimmy? I have a free agent punter for you to watch out for. Oh, okay. Uh, he's, He actually sucks. He's not any good, so I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> but just looking at his numbers, but Pat O'Donnell yeah. from the Bears. Okay. Adam Schefter <laughs> said the Eagles had interest in him. I remember back in free agency. Oh, really? That's a deep cut on that one. Yeah. Well, you know me. I have, I have all they this. They had interest uh, in him when? 2018, free agency. So there you go.
2: I guess the, after Donnie retired?
1: Correct. So that might have been just BS uh in terms of doing a favor for his agent and trying doing to pump a up this market. Doing a punter agent favor. Yeah, it could have it really could have been. Um pumping up that Pat O'Donnell market. But that's that there you go. I know you like the punter position, so I threw it in there just for you. Uh who were some of the <laughs> yeah, names that good. you had left over? Well,
2: real one one other quick thing on uh, Quandre Diggs too, is like they were he and Slay were both uh Matt Patricia enemy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, anyway. So that bonded Slay certainly, Slay certainly was. But I think Diggs also had a problem with uh, with Matt Patricia I mean, as well, and that yeah. was part of the reason why he left. Uh, I only had one other guy on my board, uh, but that was uh, uh Deontay Foreman, the running mm. back from the Houston Texans. Who? Oh, excuse me, not the Texans, the uh, Titans. He was with the Texans at one Drafted point. Drafted by the Texans, um, I
1: believe. He
2: didn't get a carry through the first eight games of the season with Tennessee. And then of course, Derek Henry gets hurt and he filled right in. Like he was fine for them uh, during the back half of the season. And it's just, an, it's, it's a big back. And uh, I think he gives you a lot of the same things as Jordan Howard. Uh, he had a, a, you know, some early struggles in his career because of injuries and stuff like that. Um, but he's a guy that I think fills right in and is a younger, perhaps more explosive version of Jordan Howard.
1: I think by the end of the season for the Titans, in that playoff loss to the Bengals, too, there was talk like they should be going to Foreman more than Derrick Henry, who was obviously yeah. coming off the injury and, and wasn't looking fully right. So that's something to kind of think about. Um, it does feel like the Eagles should maybe probably add a cheap running back at some point in free agency, especially if they really are going to lean so heavily on the run yes. again, like you almost have to. Um You have to add someone, another body at that position. And they've done that in recent years, too uh hasn't always been the most fruitful. But remember they added like Matt Jones. Obviously they've mm-hmm. brought Jordan Howard back a couple of times. It feels like they kinda need to add another kind of vet back, especially Boston Scott's gonna be potentially gone, maybe. Not for sure, but he's gonna be, you know, we expect him to be a free agent, so you don't know uh what, what's up with him. Uh so yeah, I could I could see I think Foreman is another kind of so what I've been, the theme of my picks, like a, a buy low guy, a guy that might have a little bit more upside, might be a little mm-hmm. bit undervalued and kind of get some, uh, some positive value out of him. Uh, so, so good job by you, Jimmy. Thanks buddy. All right. Uh, any final thoughts for this episode?
2: Uh, Hmm. I, f- I feel like I had a restaurant, uh, to, wow. Batman, but I don't remember what it was and that mm. was escaping me. Tough. Hmm. Yeah. So I will say this uh I just finished uh oh, I just I just signed a new 2 year contract extension with Philly Voice. Wow, breaking so news a, on the podcast. Yeah, breaking news. So I will be there for at least through March of 2024.
1: So if you hate so, Jimmy, deal with it suckers. too bad. <laughs> um uh yeah. Congrats to you, Jimmy, for landing. So, so
2: thank you to Philly Voice, first of all, and also to uh, uh, my readers and you, the listeners of the podcast.
1: Shout out to the listeners. Uh, congrats, Jimmy, for a big, freelance signing of your own. And, That's right. <laughs> uh, Seamus Clancy joining Philly Voice. Obviously, we'll still be podcasting with us here on BGN mm-hmm. Radio, so she's not going anywhere, which is I'm glad about, but... Sad to be losing him, but also happy for him, obviously. But uh, nice little Philly voice BGN synergy we have going here. That's right. Team, so interesting. Sorry to steal
2: him from you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey,
1: it's uh, it's all good <laughs> on the writing side, anyway. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm happy for Seamus. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any restaurant or food picks off the top of my head. Oh, I will say, uh, I do have one actually. So. Do you know where my favorite tea steak is from, Jimmy? I've only said it a billion times. Mm, it is from yeah, I don't Woodrose I, I, on South Street. What is it called,
2: Woodrose? Woodrose. Woodrose.
1: I, I yeah, can't okay. believe you haven't been yet. I, Jeez, you got to fix that. I've been meaning. I, I just wrote it down again now. Uh, you're, I, you really got to go. Like, pop up there one time, maybe after an Eagles practice or whatever. It's on South Street or whenever you're in Philly for some reason. It's it's really good. I mean,
2: South Street. Like, what, what's the cross street?
1: It's like between Seventh and Eighth, I think. Like okay. He's in the middle of that block on South Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um really okay. good. Uh do you do you like truffle though? it's like you might not be a truffle guy. Uh, oh, it's okay. Man. Well this so, so
2: if I'm in the if I'm in the mood for it, then yeah. Like yeah. it's good on fries, obviously, sometimes. Um But yeah, I, I don't know if I've I don't know if I've had truffle on a cheesesteak.
1: Well they make a homemade truffle whiz. It's infused oh, into the whiz. Okay, and it's gotcha. it's they make it. It's not canned, like it's a homemade kind of thing, and it's so good, Jimmy. So anyway. Long-time listeners know that uh, I love Woodrow's and their cheesesteaks. And a lot of listeners through the years have tweeted us that they've been there and they've loved it as well, which I think is really cool. Okay. Which, hey, Woodrow's, I mean, like, I'm just giving you free advertising over here. If you want to give me a free cheesesteak or, or two sometime, that could be cool. Uh, but this place in Queen Village, to me called Lucky's, Last Chance, there's also a location in Maniunk, um, recently started, do or they've... Uh, burger specials of the month. As Jimmy is looking confused and looking around, what is there's, going on? There's
2: a guy outside my window. Hold on, one second.
1: <laughs> Jimmy is like <laughs> very this on the confused and looking around.
0: I can see you're a busy man. I want a tree service. Giving out free estimates. I know you got a dead one here and a bunch of dead ones hanging in the
2: backyard. Okay, yeah. Can you just uh, like leave it under the mat there and I'll grab it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a. I'm on a. I see. I'm you on a call best here best now. it's free if you want. I'm already out here. I'll do it for your cheap. Uh yeah, I'll I'll give you a call. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice special guest uh, to add to the pod. <laughs> um I'll get my
2: tree cut down. GTFOH. All right. Uh, anyway. We'll come, come up to my house and offer to take my tree down. Come on, man.
1: So uh, I, I
2: even I'm even like giving the pointing to like right. my headset and I'm yeah. going like, yeah. like I, can't, yeah. I can't I can't talk, talk to you. Right now. But he was he was adamant that I talked that I go to the door and talk to him.
1: <laughs> He's going to be shocked as a loyal listener of BGN Radio <laughs> when he hears himself on later. Um, uh, so anyway, getting back to the story real quick. Uh, Lucky's, this this place that does like burgers and hot dogs and a bunch of stuff. It's like a little, it's like a like a bar kind of dive. Um, they're doing a Woodrose Burger Special of the Month. It's only through the end of February here. So if you're just hearing this, you should probably go get it if you really want to try it. Uh, it was really good uh to no surprise that putting woodruff's cheesesteak which is already awesome on a burger is also really good so that's my food thing uh but that just about does it for this episode of bgn radio which has been a delightful episode <laughs> with special guest and games allure uh no final thoughts by you jimmy correct
2: yeah just my contract extension okay. i think it's your contract extension
1: yeah. um check out jimmy Kemsky for the next two years maybe more at Phillyvoice.com check out him on Twitter as well check him out on Twitter as well at Jimmy Kemsky check me on Twitter at and Instagram at Brandon gooughon check me out on nation.com. check out at bleeding green for bleeding green Nation's Twitter at BGN underscore radio for the podcast account at bleeding green Insta on Instagram, where we post clips of the podcast and stuff. So another way for you to see if there are new episodes, check out uh, Jimmy's cat who is looking to get out of the room he's in. I didn't know, I didn't even know she was in here. She just appeared from behind the
2: uh, sofa that's in here and now she's looking to get out. So she's, she's locked in here.
1: get out as soon as we're done with the podcast here. I got to blow it up. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to Realtors.com or calling or texting the following phone number that Jimmy will say.
2: 856-906-9295.
1: Let's go Sixers. I'm excited to see James Harden's debut. That's right. Tonight, right? On Friday night, Jimmy. We're recording on Thursday. For the listeners. Mm,
2: I thought they played on Thursday, no?
1: Jimmy, you are a liar and a fool. They play... I was uh,
2: looking forward to that tonight. Well, now my whole
1: they play, my whole uh, day is... Uh, Friday that's... against the T-Wolves, and really excited to see his debut. So uh, I'm hanging out with my cousin, Kev, to go watch there to, to see that game. So really, really... My cousin doesn't even like sports, like, or hasn't mm-hmm. for a long time, um, but like... The James Harden trade has got him like, kind of like, okay, what's this all about? He's interested in it. That's kind of, that's kind of funny though, or cool how like these big moves sometimes have that impact on people. They're like, Hey, let me check this out. Um, so maybe the Eagles could do something. (laughs) That'll be
2: the first game that you watch all year too,
1: right? Uh, I've been watching them since they traded Simmons. That was always my thing. I didn't want to watch them. Even though he wasn't playing, I just, it was too traumatizing. It made me think of Ben Simmons. I didn't want (laughs) to think about him because it's just very frustrating and it wasn't fun. Um, but all right. Jimmy, I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye,
2: everybody.